They put on the helmet and pads. Flattened by a reader, short of the line of scrimmage. And make the big plays. Here comes Merciless, sack fumble, and the Texans have the ball. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. Got that first hit? You always need that first hit just to get into the rhythm. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. That was just a fun little tweet I sent out, but I was like, didn't expect it to blow up the way it did. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Live from Fuddruckers with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Oh, here we go. We're kicking it off. Fuddruckers, Texans Players Show, 59 Greenway. Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu. As you heard the guy say, and Cecil Shorts is going to join us tonight, so we're looking forward to a visit with Cecil, former Houston Texan and a Texans ambassador and a media star. He's really a media, not superstar yet, but he's on his way as we are ready to roll here. Now, the reason why we don't have... And I, I hate to say this, Cecil, you're not an actual player anymore. The reason why we don't have an actual player tonight is because they practice today, so no official player appearances this week. But next week, DJ Reader right here, 59 in Greenway, and we'll be celebrating, I hope, right? Celebrating, maybe? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely good, good. I have a lot of thoughts about the game, and we have two hours here from Fuddruckers, so if you're within the sound of my voice, come on by and be a part of the action and activities tonight. And I'm doing, um, I'm doing great. You know, this is game week, and we waited for this for a long time. It's, it's almost surreal that it's finally here. Hey there, I've done radio hey, before. Yes. I promise. It's me. The mic Drew is on now. Hello. You. Back in March, back in July, back in June, I said over and over and over again, "Can it please be September? Can it please be yeah. September?" It's finally September. I've said it now at long last a few different times this week. It's wonderful. Get like today was the first day it felt like game week. Yesterday was didn't because it was labor day and it was just kind of wacky but today felt like game week and it felt so good i think after thursday's preseason game against dallas as soon as it ended i was excited because it was like preseasons in the rearview mirror training camps in the rearview mirror now we're into normal game week mode the roster is going to start slimming down I, I actually enjoyed going to practice yesterday and just seeing like these are the guys these are the 53 i know I it could still change in the next few days but i'm, I'm so excited that and I'm excited that we're on the road at New England. I'm glad that it's this game this week. Why Why is that? I why are you excited that this is the opener? I don't know, because I feel like there's so much potential heading mm-hmm. into the first week. And yeah. there's all this excitement that's lingering from last year when we had all the injuries. It seemed yeah. like we've been waiting for the start of this season since last October. I would rather open against Appalachian State, but <laughs> if we have to play the Patriots, I guess that's the way to do it. Let's no, go all, big. Let's go big in all seriousness, you hear me say every year, I want to play the Colts early up there. Yes. And they're going to get to do that week four. But I think playing the Patriots, which is now the next major hurdle to overcome. You know, they kind of, I know they got swept by the Colts last year, but that was a ridiculous season. They finally overcame that Colts hurdle, right, of being able to win up there. They have to overcome this hurdle. This is a big one for them. They have to figure out a way to beat the Patriots in New England. They've only beaten them once here anyway. So you want to do that, and you might as well rip off the Band-Aid, catch them when it's an ambush attack. You can throw some stuff at them that they're not expecting, and I know they can throw some stuff at you that you're not expecting, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, stereotypically, the Patriots take a while to warm up. I mean, last year in week one, they get carpet bombed by the Kansas City Chiefs. You mm-hmm. know, they put 40 points on them and lose, and 
Tom Brady's dejected. He's like, oh, what's going on? And Giselle Bunchen and that his wife in that <laughs> little the documentary. She's like, it's early. Don't worry, don't worry, babe. It's early. And he's just like really? taking it so hard. Yeah. So she knew. That's this right. is she the time. This is the time to, to what take advantage. What experience was she drawing off? You know, I've had some bad photo shoots where early on there's <laughs> she's, some. I'll there's tell some you, shots she's drawing that don't off, come out well. Drawing off the experience of being his yes. husband, being around him for all these years. And My seeing angel wings from Victoria's Secret yeah. fell off one day, and then you know, but we got it going on the runway, and everything was fine after that. Mark How, undermining the wisdom. Of women. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, come on. Let's have a sense I'm of giving you a hard time. The needs a sense of humor right now. Really, Mark. No, uh, no but, but I, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, it's easy It's easy for us to say, let's go up there. It's week one. They're going to warm up. They're still trying to figure themselves out. They've got a lot of injuries on the O-line. They've got a completely different offensive group. Other than Tom Brady, they've got all these new receivers. They might need time to build up their chemistry. Their defense is always slow to warm up. Still got Gronk, though. You still got Gronk and you still got Brady, but guess what? We've got J.J. Watt, we've got Whitney Merciless, we've got Jimmy Clowney, and they're the healthiest that they're probably going to be this year. Hopefully it stays that way, but it's great to head into the season with those guys. You want to know my big key to the game? What is your big key? Score 30 or more points. That's my big (laughs) key to the game. That's it. Like, can we hold them to four touchdowns or less? That's that's (laughs) the thing, DP, and while Cecil's coming, by the way, Cecil Shorts will be here any moment. While we wait, though, let me throw this one out at you. Drew mentioned slow start. Last year, they were 2-2 two and two to start the season. They could have been 1-3 and three if the Texans were able to close the deal, right? Well, in the two losses out of those first four games, they scored 27 and 30 points, right? 27 and 30 points. They went 13-3 and three last year, by the way, after starting 2-2. Two and two. The other thing is this. They lost the Super Bowl, right? How many points did they score in the Super Bowl? 33 points. You are going to have to score 30 points to win this game. Last year, you hit the crap out of Brady. You sacked him. You hit him. You made life miserable for him. He was miserable to the tune of five touchdown passes. You have to score 30 points to win this game. Now, if they hold him to 20, believe me, I will be so thrilled, so happy. But you can't expect that going in. If you hold them to four touchdowns at their place, you've actually done something, which is weird, but with the exchange rate in New England, that's what you're going to get. You have to beat them with offense. Johnny and I talked about it this morning on the uh, on the In the Lab podcast that we put up, and it was one of those if this happens, will the Texans win or lose? Mm-hmm. And we brought up one was if you get two takeaways, just two takeaways, yeah. will you win or lose? Because you got, you got one last year mm-hmm. and you scored off it. You got two Two years ago in the playoffs, and you you didn't score off of that. I'll flip but a coin at two takeaways. Yeah. Because are you going to be able to prevent yourself from That's what I'm saying. I'm not away. saying turnover ratio. I'm yeah. saying takeaways. If you're plus two, though, Drew, plus two, I start to like it a lot better. I give myself the edge, you know, yeah. at plus two. Well, yeah if, you, yeah, if you're plus two, then it skyrockets. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. saying, though, getting the ball away from him. That's why you kind of right. make it interesting. You need to make life miserable for him somehow. And that front seven, I think this front seven is one of the best in football on paper, and we'll see how it performs on the field. But with Zach Cunningham in year two and Dylan Cole in year two and Bedardrick McKinney off the new deal and you got Clowney, Merciless, Watt, everything we always talk about. G- DJ Reader, who could be an emerging star on the D-line. J.J. Watt says he's going to be one of the best nose tackles in football. Wow. And all the depth you have on the defensive line. I mean, you have a lot of things you can throw at them, and you better, DP brought up the offensive line of New England. You better be ready to just give them a lot of pressure and just slow them down. And seriously, if they score 20, if you gave me the number 28, do you take it or leave it right now? 28 points scored by the Patriots. Are you going to take that or door number two, the unknown? I'll take it, yeah. You'll take it. Based off of what we saw Watson and the offense do, yeah. 
at so you got to go in there saying viewing, score yeah. 29 points and you win the football game. I mean, I, I might take it as well, and that's a lot to ask. I mean, this is the Texans. You're telling them to score 30 points. Well, with Watson, you can do that kind of thing. That's right. With Watson on there, it, Watson last year when he was there at New England, like I was so nervous for him. Mm-hmm. That was what his second start. Yeah, and that was the first yeah. game in which the we had a full week to prepare. First game in a streak of five that the Texans scored 30 or more. You know how many times. They'd scored more than 30 points in consecutive games in the franchise history. A few. But they'd never scored three games in a row of 30. They did it five times last wow. year. Five That's times. tremendous. Yeah. Well, and they've never thrown more than 29 touchdown passes. you know. And I think that this year is the year you're going to get that. And yeah. hopefully a whole lot more than that. You crush the record if Watson stays healthy last year because he threw 19 in six and a half games. So I would think the chances are he's going to be able to throw more than 29 if he stays healthy 14, 15, 16 games. So that'll be great. But... The Patriots are the Patriots. I mean, I know it sounds stupid to say it that way, but you look at all the people who have rolled through New England. Number 12 has been there, and he makes the O-line better, just like Watson makes the Mm -hmm. Texans' offensive line better like he did last year in his limited time. Brady makes that New England offensive line a whole lot better. Brady makes them, eh, they might not run the ball that well, but they have a controlled passing attack. The Super Bowl was replayed today on NFL Network because they're just getting you ready with all these playoff replays and everything. They're getting you ready for the season opener on Thursday night. And I'm watching the game, and at one point, it's like early in the fourth quarter, and they flashed Brady's stats, and he had thrown for 400-plus yards already early in the fourth quarter. And I thought, my gosh. And that's when I went looking up the point totals of the season for New England. It's astounding. Seven times last year they scored 30 or more points. They put it up. And when they don't score 30 points, it's like 27, 28. I mean, they're right there. So it is a juggernaut offensively as long as he's pulling the trigger and you have to find a way to stop him. I was talking to Ben Volan of the Boston Globe today, and I think one of the main issues for New England right now is going to be the offense. I mean, I know we talk about hmm. t- Tom Brady, but no Dan- Danny Amendola. Julian uh, Edelman is still serving his yep. four-game suspension. There's a lot of changes on that offense. He's lost, they, They've lost a lot of weapons. So... Building that chemistry, is it there? Is it there in week one? I don't know. Well, he's always had the chemistry, or at least he has against us. But well, Brady's always had the chemistry against Gronkowski, but also Chris Hogan. Those yeah. two guys so he's gonna have to really step it up dissected them. the Texans' defense, both at the Greenbrier in the preseason game and then in the regular season game with a few deep strikes last year. Yeah. But Brandon Cooks is gone. I mean, he And Cooks as well, right. Brady was matched by Watson last year in terms of explosive pass plays. You know, pass plays that go 25 yards or more. Watson had as many. He had five last year, so hey, he was set. It's Cecil Shorts, everybody, Texans ambassador. Speaking of explosions. Yes. Hey, so sorry. It's okay. How I you doing? Lost. I like that. I like that ambassador <laughs> battle like red half, pullover. That is nice. Ambassador. He's got his own Cecil Shorts line. <laughs> I guess so, right? It's nice, ambassador right? That's nice. gear. That's nice. I've not like seen it. that before. So you're you're like a media <laughs> star me. now. Were you running? I was running. You're I felt so bad. I listened to you guys coming in, <laughs> and then I got you your tweet. I'm like, oh, I gotta hurry up. I gotta get in. Gotta get in. <laughs> I was in the area, just taking the wrong turns. Yeah. So. Well, welcome, but welcome to your show. 59 circle. in Greenway, by the way, folks. Fuddruckers here with Cecil Shorts. So, tell me something. When you get out of the preseason, you're a veteran and you're participating in preseason games. It's simplistic to say what's the difference, but what about the difference in intensity as a oh, veteran? Yeah. In a game like that versus the opener. Oh yeah, so I mean, this is this is game week, so you're finally excited because you know you're going to play a full game, um, and that everything matters now. So now you got the best 53 you can get, and now every game matters. And the goal ultimately is, you know, getting to the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl. 
So you have this uh, dialed up kind of thing going oh, yeah. on oh, yeah. in the game itself. What about when you open up against a team like New England on the road? Does that affect your entire offseason in a way, knowing that you have that big test to start things out? <laughs> You're excited. So when the schedules come out, everybody, whether they admit it or not, they're looking at the schedule, seeing who, what's prime time, what's Monday night, Thursday night, um, when's the bye week. Um, but you definitely see the first game of the year, especially with the, with the Patriots being that game. They iron that, they're eyeing that game. And um, just being able to play against Tom Brady and that team, um, it's, it's definitely a big deal. Cecil Shorts joining us at Fuddruckers. All right, so what about Brady? I mean, you've watched <laughs> a lot of football. You've played a lot of football. You've observed a lot of football. This guy's in his 40s now, Cecil, and he's still doing it at the highest level possible. Season. Yeah, he's, he's defying all the odds. Um, this year is going to be interesting, though. I feel like they have a lot of adversi- adversity, a little more than normal. I'm, I'm not even sure who their receivers are this year. I know they cut a bunch of big names, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not sure exactly who their receivers are. I think Edelman's still out. Uh, for the first four games. Yeah, they got Hogan and Corderell Patterson and a bunch of other guys that they're trying to, uh, Philip Dorsett, the former Colt, they're trying to get them all going. And I just think often he finds a way to get everybody going, he but he's does. got Gronkowski and, you know, he tight end does. or not, he's, he's going to be their leading or among their leading receivers. He always, oh, nice shoes again. Thank you. But he always talks <laughs> about, um, um, he always gets those, he doesn't need big name guys to make plays, to win mm-hmm. games, right? right. So he always finds the nice role players to, to put in the offense, put in the system, and they make it work. But with that defense this year, I'm just not sold on that defense. I think this is the perfect year for the Texans to take them out, put it that way. That would be nice. And especially being week one. If you look last year, the Chiefs got them early on. The year before that, I think they got beat early on. So th- this is the time of year to, to attack them. And if you can beat a team like that early on, that momentum can really carry you throughout the season. We were talking about the magic number, what the magic number has to be, what you have to score more than to beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And Mark brought up the point, 28, 28 points? Uh, I th- well, I think you have you to score, score 30, 30, 29, yeah. 30 to you win. Got, you got to hit 30. <laughs> you got to yeah. hit 30. You got to hit 30. You think even with the offensive questions that they have, that they'll still put up close to 30 points? You never, never, never can doubt Tom. Yeah. Even just, with this defensive front and even with Clowney, Watt, all these guys on the field. If you if you made me predict a score, I say Texans win 31-21, somewhere in there. 21. I, oh, my gosh. I like that it. Combat. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think this defense is going I to be agree. outstanding yeah, they're going to be good. I agree I with really Cecil. Do. I think it can well, be under 20. The other thing is this, Cecil. I mean, as an offensive player, it, it takes a while sometimes, especially. You brought it up that yeah. you don't play a whole game in the preseason. And there's nothing like in-game reps. And even Belichick Absolutely. says that the first three, four games are kind of like an extended preseason in a way because they're seeing your team play full games for the first time. You, they always say it, offense comes slower than defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's timing issues. I shouldn't say issues, but there's timing that needs to happen. Um, this gelling that needs to happen with the offensive line, making the correct calls. And this offense, making sure you're making the right, correct mic call because – you Deshaun making the correct mic call is what everybody's blocking too, even the receivers, even the the well, if no fullback no more I guess, but <laughs> even yeah. the, even the running back. Tight end so. lining up as a fullback on occasion. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what, that's what we're gonna see. People people Extra talking tackle. about that. Yeah, you'll have tight ends lining up as a fullback less yeah. often than they'll go off a fullback lining up as a fullback. Yeah, I was so, surprised by that. Cause I I didn't think he'll get rid of a fullback. Well, it's I think that even when Savage or Whedon or whoever was playing quarterback previously. They were still in a situation where they would use the fullback 35% of the time or whatever the number was. With Watson, it was going to go down even more with all the zone read stuff. Very true. All right, Cecil's with us. We're going to take questions from the crowd. We have much more for Cecil. And what do he and Arian Foster have in common as Texans players? 
that they've done better than any quarterback in Texans history. We'll talk about that and then some on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show 59 and Greenway. Texans Players Show. Yes, we're back, Fuddruckers, Texans Players Show. Next week, 59 Greenway location, we'll have DJ Reader. That's where we are today, 59 and Greenway. Two weeks from now, Whitney Merciless in Stafford, so we're kind of letting you know as we go here. And uh, it's great to be back here. Great to have all the fans back, all of our devoted Fuddruckers faithful here. Wonderful to see all you guys, and um, the year is upon us. Here we go. Season starts, New England, Sunday, high noon. Cecil Shorts is with us here, Texans ambassador, and I'm so pleased to say that. So just tell me for a moment here, why Houston? Because I know that North Florida was probably an option as well. You're a former Jaguar and everything. Absolutely. But what about that part of it? Um, <clears throat> well, number one, it's cheap to live here. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can find a lot of land for your buck, but we love the diversity here. Yeah, um, we found a good uh, group of friends here, good church home here. Uh, we just love everything about it. Yeah, um, I feel like this place is somewhere that. Well, actually, it's funny. So when I came down here in 2015, we had just bought a house in Jacksonville. I remember that. We just bought a house in Jacksonville. My wife came down to visit for like the first game, and then she never went back. Oh, she just stayed. She just stayed. So we wow. <laughs> ended up selling our That's house. That's a strong sell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, selling our house and then just staying down here. Even when I got uh, cut here and went to Tampa, uh, the family stayed here. So, yeah. And the family is growing a little bit, is it not? Growing fast. Tell us about that part. So we have four now. Um, yep. Seven-year-old Cecil IV, a four-year-old mm-hmm. Peyton. That's my girl. Um, Montana, he's two. And then my youngest daughter, Harper, is one. And then we have triplets on the way. Triplets. Triplets. Triplet girls. Only triplets. Ooh. Only triplets. Oh, my, oh Only my triplets. gosh. So it'll be seven <laughs> seven kids in the house running running around crazy. God bless you. You got the touchdown and the extra point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You can have a little mini school bus parked you in the driveway. You need a lot of land. <laughs> yes, Shorts party of nine. Yeah. You need to come to Fuddruckers. They can accommodate <laughs> you. Right, some right. tables here. Yeah. This is going to be pretty good. Uh, I mentioned something that you and Arian Foster have in common that you've done better than any quarterback in the history of the franchise, and that is have a perfect passer rating. All right. Because you're one for one with a TD, and so is he. He threw his to C.J. Fedorowicz, now retired. You threw yours to Alfred Blue, who's still on the team. you got some guys still on the team from when you were here. There you go. There you go. I don't feel so old now. (laughs) (laughs) But what about that play? Take us through that against the New York Jets. You throw a touchdown pass to Alfred Blue. It was interesting because that week (coughs) – we had just signed T.J. Yates, maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe the week before. Yeah, well, he just played against the Bengals. He just came. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just played against Monday night mm-hmm. against the Bengals because Hoyer or Mallet went down. Somebody yeah, got Hoyer. hurt the, year, the week before, so they're looking for like a backup emergency quarterback. So they asked, they're asking all the guys, "Hey, have you ever thrown before? Have you ever thrown before?" And I'm thinking they, oh, Brian asked, and I'm looking at him like, you remember me throwing a touchdown against you last year? <laughs> he blocked it out. He blocked it so out. So I'm like, yeah, I can throw. So I had to practice. They're like, all right, it took me to the side, and they maybe like drop back and make some passes, make some throws. And the OC at the time uh, is not, I'm drawing a blank on his George, George Gotze. George Gotze. He was like, okay, you can throw a little bit. So uh, 
we went home. The next day we came back, and O'Brien just storms at me at practice. You're the a-hole that did this, this, this. You So it was funny. We ran the exact same play that we threw a touchdown against the Texans last year with the Texans. With the Texans. Oh, oh beautiful. Wow. The exact same play. They stole the play from the Jags, and it worked against the Jets. I love oh, yeah. this. Well, stealing plays happens all the time. I oh. like the story that you tell about Alfred telling you exactly how to place it. He was, like, really excited oh, he to was, get to it. He was nervous, I would say, all week. So he's like, Cecil, don't overthrow me. <laughs> don't underthrow me. Just put it put it right here. It's right here. Perfect. I got it right here. Don't put it. No I can't, pressure. I can't go out there. Just put it right here. I'm, I got They're you, coaching boo. you. I'm like, relax. I got you. And I like got a you. sniper with a scope, you got it right there, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. I got blasted that play, too. Oh, you did? You took a big hit. Oh, that's too bad. That's all right. Roughing the quarterback. Roughing the passer. Hey, but when all you do is throw <laughs> touchdowns, it's just part of the job, right? Hey, I love it. You're right. All right, let's get some questions from the crowd here. I do want to ask you about the Jags, your former team, because they're really good now. They are really good. And obviously, coming off an AFC Championship game appearance, everyone wants to know about them. But let's get to questions from the crowd. And who is first tonight? Is it Mark? It is. Yeah, yeah, it's on. Go ahead. You're not going to be able to hear. It we is can... Mark. Okay, what do you got? What do you miss most about the start of the season as a pl- as a player or former player? What do I miss most mm-hmm. about the start of the season? Um, oh, that the first game always gets you gets you fired up. It's nothing like the first game. So like the season is broke down in like four quarters. First mm-hmm. for, the first quarter like the first four games. Second quarter is the next four. Then the third quarter, fourth quarter, last four. So that first four games, you're amped up, you're excited, you're ready to go, and there's nothing like it's the college football time of year, and then right. like boom, it's prime time for the NFL to get going, and that feeling, uh, it's hard to explain, but all the guys in the locker room are psyched up, are pumped up, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And you're also probably feeling fresh and healthy. It's yes, not like yes. towards the end of the year when you see guys just sort of, you know, banged yes. up and like trying to get through the games. And but normally you don't really play a lot in the preseason, yeah. so it's like you you're finally fresh. get to play. Like you said, you feel fresh, yeah. you feel good. Yeah, that's got to be a good feeling. And oh, yeah. then week 15, it's a little bit of a different <laughs> feeling, probably. You don't want to practice, you just want to play. <laughs> By the way, Everybody Mark, is uh, <laughs> he was around since the beginning, and he was at the inaugural game, and we're doing a thing. We have this video series, The 53, that many of you have heard about. It's on HoustonTexans.com, social media and everything. And we're doing one on the inaugural game, and Mark was in shooting some fan reaction from day one in the uh, stadium today. So you you cool. guys didn't want that's me in cool. that video? I was at that game. As a fan, you were I was at, I was at the, that game as a fan. No, I we was. don't want you in it. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just Mark. Okay. Mark's got his ticket. I don't know where my ticket is. Oh, he's got his ticket. Oh, I, I I'm not that organized, Mark. You win. memorabilia you win. right there. That's yeah. impressive. Mine's, that buried, mine's buried somewhere. I've got my <laughs> inaugural season credential, so there. You know, I've got something. All right, next question from, from the uh, crowd. It's Jan. What's up, Jan? Hi, so this is a little more on a personal level, away from football. So All I right. hear you're expecting triplets. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> So what kind of vehicle are you planning to You know to what? If you, I feel like camp. she's about to sell them. If something. you look outside, yeah, are you trying to sell me a vehicle or give give me a vehicle maybe? It's a big bus like I, got, I got a great deal for you. But it's a big old white Nissan 12 passenger van. <laughs> if you, you look now? outside and look to your right, yeah, I drove it here. It's this the big old 12 passenger van with six car seats inside of it. Holy oh my gosh! <laughs> it's ready to six go. Six car seats. <laughs> you can't ever up. you can't ever switch cars ever. I like it. 
I enjoy it. Like yeah, you, like you and your wife ever do that? Because with me and my husband, would be like, oh, you got to pick up the kids. Oh, you let's put the car seats in your car. Like you can't do. <laughs> no, no, no. Like no. you're locked in. It's it's just whatever's in there is in there. We're not you're taking not the moving. car seats out. I wouldn't mess around it's with too that. Many. How long did it take you to get all six car seats into the car? Like, did you do it all at once? Did you break it, it up? It was the hottest day of the year. Yeah, first of all, naturally, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about it was about an hour. Yeah. It was about That's a, a solid hour. Yeah. Just get all six in there. Because you got to position them right. And then the wife wanted them. No, I don't want it right there. Let's yeah. put it over here. Mm. You got to clip it in down in the seat on the. It's, oh, it yeah. Was a lot. It's a lot. Oh. How, how many strollers do you have? Oh, well, so. Um, <laughs> Is it like a little choo choo train of strollers? We. we do, do they make a three kid stroller? There is a three oh, yeah. kid stroller. There is a three. So we have the three kid stroller. But mm-hmm. um, that's the only one that we will use, I'm, I'm thinking. That's like an aircraft. Do they make a double-decker stroller? You, you can add we a little a step on one. the back where the oldest kid can just stand you know, on the back. I need to talk to my wife about that. I'm not sure we have enough. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't no, mean to, we'll, we'll be I didn't mean to the, alarm just you all. triple stroller. We'll be good. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll this is good. awesome, seven kids. All where right. are you going to go anyway? Let's face it, Cecil. Where, where I'm going to go? Where are you going to go Fud with Rutgers. all those kids? I'll come to Fuddruckers. I will yeah. go yeah. to baseball practice. Everyone's just going to have to walk. They're just yeah. going to have to walk. Soccer practice. Oh, my gosh. Practice. All the sports. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right, yeah. Just stay close. Still got my dad hat on. <laughs> you just need to be a coach and just yeah, get your own team. It's over. <laughs> it's, it's all about the kids now. All right, next question from the crowd. Hey. Debbie. Hi, oh, hi, Debbie. Hey. Love that. Of course, I wanted to say congratulations, too, on the triplets. I understand it's girls. Yes, all girls. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh, which Texan matchup are you most looking forward to this season? Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville. Okay. Jacksonville. Okay. Jacksonville. I feel like those those two teams are going to fight for the division. Mm-hmm. Um, the winner of the division will come down to uh, those two teams. So I'm excited to see that matchup outside with Ramsey and Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see... Uh, that defense go against a Blake Bortles-led offense, who I think uh, will be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah it will be. be. And that's the regular season finale oh, yeah. at NRG oh, Stadium, yeah. Jacksonville, which in years past on occasion has been a game that didn't carry the same kind of weight, although they clinched the division in 2015 against yeah. the Jaguars. Yep. And, you know, you look at uh, the Jags game. had a chance to go to the playoffs in 2010 on the last day mm-hmm. against the Texans at NRG, and the Texans Beat them, beat them pretty handily. That's right, and th- that was a six and ten season yeah. for Houston. So you just never know what's going to happen. You brought up Jalen Ramsey. What did you think of all the comments that he's made uh, for all the players around the league and what he thinks about them? I, I think everything he said about the Texans is pretty flattering yeah, in he, general. He, 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 he didn't really, he didn't really say anything negative about any of our he players. He loves Deshaun, loves loves, loves Hopkins. Um, you know, I like I like for a player to be honest. I think from a fan perspective, it's fun. It's, it's good to see. Now, as if I'm the coach. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm Doug Marone, I'm like, yo, listen, I don't want to give nobody no ammo. <laughs> you know, you got Odell Beckham the first week. You got Eli right. Manning the first week. Like, don't give them any extra motivation. And you're at um, their place. And you're at their place. But I think I think it's fun. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to see if he can back it up because I think right now he's obviously one of the best cornerbacks in the, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the best players in the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I love it, the fact that he's so honest. Um, but we'll see what happens as, as the year the year as the year as goes on. It's All like right. a subtext, too. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I, I kind of try and see what's going on, what he's done in the game. You know, I, like I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. normally look at Jaguar highlights, but yeah. now I, I want to see what he's up Absolutely. to. Because, and it Absolutely. goes back to two years ago when he was matching up with Hopkins. Oh, yeah. That's an That's absolute dogfight. Each guy oh, yeah. wins some of those like those one-on-one battles, mm. but no one is like totally vanquished the other. It's, they it's bring a, out the best of each other. It is a heavyweight fight every single time they, they go against it's each other. It's going to be interesting because I don't think last year he traveled, did he? 
to the best receiver because uh, they got AJ on the other side. Right, right, right. So it's going to be the interesting first year, if he, yeah, against, if he when, travels. When Osweiler was quarterback, I mean, he. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's enough. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> let's go to the next question from the crowd. What's your name? Hi, Elena. Hi, Elena. Uh, who was the toughest cornerback you went up against? Uh, the toughest cornerback, uh, probably Jonathan Joseph. When I was when I was in mm. in Jacksonville, he. It's not always the the most uh, physical or 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 the fastest or or the best the best uh, or the highest draft pick. It's, it's the smartest that gives you right. the troubles because they they understand the game plan. They understand um, how to prepare each and every Sunday. So for me, it's probably Jonathan Joseph, Brent Grimes, those, those type of guys that were more smart. Um, not saying they're not athletic. Yeah. Um, but just more of the smarter players. Was it because he could anticipate what you were going to do? What, he just like knew. He knew what we were going to do. He knew what yeah. you so were. It's third and three. I have a slant route. He lines up inside. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> 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 you want me to beat him? He's already inside of me. It's, it was it was frustrating at times. And it, to be honest, we ran a very simple offense when I was there mm-hmm. uh, my last couple of years there in Jacksonville. You know, I like like after the game, we would talk. He's like, man, every time you line up here, I know you're running this route. I know you're running this route. I'm, I'm like, coach, he's telling me we can't, <laughs> yeah. we can't do this. Coach. <laughs> I remember you telling me that story that after the game, he would give you feedback on what you could do better, even though you guys were on separate teams, because yeah. he just loved the game so much, and you really enjoyed your interaction with him. Yeah, I love battling him. He was somebody that uh, had a respect for the game that he was going to teach. He was going to go out his way. And, and conversate with you after the game and say, hey, hey, you're a good player. Maybe work on this or that next time. Maybe on your release, uh, do a little bit different here and there. But we would talk after almost every game we played, um, except for maybe one game. Thursday night, we we, we beat mm-hmm. you guys here, mm-hmm. or beat in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. 2013. Yeah. And I got him on a, a slant, a return route. And he yeah. was like, run, run some real routes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was always fun to, to match up with, and uh, I mean, he's still playing today. He's he's awesome. He's We're a confident guy, and I don't know if you guys heard about a week or so ago best on the year radio. Yet. This yeah, year. he's, best year he's yet. saying that. What do you think when you hear somebody like that who's been in the league a while? But you know, what do you what do you hear? He's feeling good. Yeah, he's feeling good. Mm-hmm. He you, you don't go out your way to say that, and you don't your body does not feel good. You don't feel confident in your fellow teammates because he's not he, he hasn't said that in the previous years. So never. I think I've never heard I think him with the about. addition of Honey Badger with an addition of of Reed and moving Kareem that that's his boy to safety and then a healthy Clowney. Oh my gosh, a healthy Whitley, a healthy mm-hmm. Listen, you can talk trash when your whole team you know is going to back you up. Mm-hmm. And that's taking pressure off of him. Yeah. You get that pressure on Tom Brady, we can get that pressure on Blake Bortles. It it takes it makes them get the ball out quicker or make decisions that they might not want to make and it makes it easier for the defensive back. All right, one more question from the crowd. What do we have? Um, aside from DeAndre, which Texans receiver are you most looking forward to watching this year? You know what? It's I, I would say it's two. I think um, I want to see Kiki. I've heard a lot about him through you all, mm-hmm. uh, the training camps and everything, and, and how, how good he's looked. So I want to see him. I want to see how can he uh, help this offense. But I also want to see a, a Will Fuller. I think yeah. Will can really, really dwell and play well with a Deshaun Watson, somebody that can throw the ball deep, somebody that people don't realize. I don't know why they, I guess for me, they kind of assume Deshaun's like a run first guy or he's a pass first in the pocket looking downfield quarterback. Yeah. He wants to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he can get out and scramble, but while he's scrambling, he's looking downfield. And I think <laughs> I think Fuller can really take advantage of that. And then he, he'll have one-on-one matchups all year long because um, the coverage will be favored too. Hopkins. All right, let's get this last question and then we'll answer it after the break. Go ahead, sir. In full regalia, Luchadore. Love it. All right, well, <clears throat> first of all, I want to thank you uh, for doing what you've done and 
Um, I want to go ahead and my last question is to ask you, uh, do you have a, for the pregame, do you have a routine? Yeah, what was your routine for the yeah. pregame? All right, we'll, we'll do that. We'll talk a little bit more about the Jaguars because we want more perspective on them and some other stuff. I'm sure we have a lot, a lot of other things, right? And we've got a whole hour of Texans All Access coming up at 7 o'clock right here from Fuddruckers, 59 Greenway, the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. The Big Finish is up next. The Fuddruckers Texans Players Show continues in a moment. with more of the Texans Players Show, live from Fuddruckers. Yeah, we are. 59 Greenway, Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu, Drew Doherty with you. Cecil Shorts is our guest, Texans <laughs> Ambassador. DJ Reader, one week from tonight, right here at 59 Greenway on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. All right, a little bit more on the Jaguars. They've got some D now. I yeah. mean, they've got some defense. Yes, sir. And with Fournette running the ball the way he does, Bortles doesn't have to do as much as people thought he might have to do. Correct. And if they play defense great, well, they should have a pretty good season. I mean, what do you think of what they've been able to do free agency-wise? Because very often when you put a free agent group together, you don't get the kind of production that they are getting right now. They uh, did a good job, did their research, and actually spent some money. And I think mm -hmm. when you go out and you spend money on, on quality, good players and on, on players that know how to win. Calais Campbell knows how to win. Malik Jackson came over after the Super Bowl. Um, and then I think in the draft, too, they finally hit, hit on some people. You know, they hit on uh, 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 Fowler and uh, the, what's the guy from Maryland. Um, well, they got Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, is he from guy, Maryland? I don't know about that, but he's, I mean, that guy. But he's, he's awesome. Awesome. Fits, he, yeah. he was a low, he was a lower round pick, like too. He was a third rounder, yeah. So <clears throat> when you got those guys in, in, in this league, it's a, it's a passing league now. Mm -hmm. So I think in the older days, it was. You had to be to win. You had to be able to run and stop the run. Now you have to be able to pass and get pressure on the passer. So when they have those type of guys that have are able to get pressure on the passer, um, as well as stop the run, you have guys in, in the in the linebacking court as Telvin and Miles Jack, and then of course you got AJ Bouye and 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 Jalen Ramsey. It it brings a lot of trouble. So that, like it takes a lot of pressure off of Blake. So he doesn't have to go out there and pass for 300, 400 yards. He can just hand the ball off to to Leonard. He can hand the ball off to T.J. Yeldon and then play action off of that. And uh, if they put up 21, 28 points, 24 points, they're, they're in a good position to win. You know, 2015, Cecil, you were obviously a big part of what happened there. This team, I just wanted to reflect, reflect on that season for a moment. That's one of my favorite seasons ever because you started out mm. two and five. Oh, uh, yeah. And you were able to finish nine and seven and win the division. Yeah. What was it like going through that, though? Because you're two and five and you're buried, and then you climb out of it to go nine and seven. You finish ten, uh, seven and two down the stretch. I think we always knew we were better than what we, what we were playing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that situation that we were in, we couldn't figure it out at first. We were like, why are we so bad? Like, we, <laughs> we know we're better than this. <laughs> you know, we got some good pieces in place. And then I think the turnaround game for us, I think O'Brien did a good job of keeping us together and keeping us focused the best he could. Um, but I think the turnaround game for us, we were just talking about it, was the Cincinnati Bengals game. Mm -hmm. when we went to Cincinnati on a Monday night. Right. And went down there, and they were hot. They were 6-0. and oh, They were eight undefeated. Eight undefeated. Eight undefeated. They were undefeated at the time. And we went down there, and the defense played outstanding. The offense did enough to win. Right. And uh, we won with a backup quarterback in TJ Yates. I think mm -hmm. I think that really turned the thing around, um, and we really got things going. I think we won about four or five games straight after that. It yeah. seems like such a mental game. Like one game like that can just change the entire attitude of the locker room. 
Like we talk about this New England game, like to be able to come out with a win, how much that can propel you through the rest of the season. No matter what level you are, if it's peewee football, high school, professional, confidence and momentum will take you so far. If you truly believe in yourself and believe in your team, I mean, look, simply look at Jacksonville last year. Going into the season, you couldn't have tell nobody they would be what a AFC championship team. But 10 sacks in week one, to me, I think that propelled them for the rest of the season. Mm. That, that gave them confidence, like, hey, we can go out here and we can make plays. We can go out here and we can be something. We made their day. That yeah. was a bad <laughs> opener for the Texans. Good for them. <laughs> Uh, this offense with Deshaun Watson, you are in this offense. So when you yeah. look at what he's able to do with it, how different is it? And as a receiver, how much happens at the line of scrimmage, especially with him? Some of the things he's seeing might be calling, might be able to call this year. Yeah, he's um, well, I think, first of all, his his I think Deshaun brings something to the table that maybe nobody from the Texans, I won't say the Oilers, but from the Texans in the quarterback position has, can do as far as um, his passing ability, his accuracy, uh, and what he can do with his feet. And then at the line of scrimmage, it's a lot on him. Like I mentioned earlier, he has to make the mic call, so that tells the offensive line who to block. That tells the receivers who to block. So if he makes the mic call, um, say this lady right here, the receiver has to block two people away from the mic call. And then the offensive line is making their calls from whoever he calls the mic. Um, and then a lot of times in the red zone, you get two plays. Or even during the, in, the, in the open field between the 20s, he's getting two plays at the line of scrimmage. Might be a run play and a pass play. So based on the coverage, based on how many people are in the box, if it's too high, if it's one high, based if it's man coverage, he has to decide what play to call. And on top of that, you see a lot of guys, because we, I say we, the Texans, the Texans run the same kind of offense as like New England. And mm -hmm. you'll see them guys motion a lot. And the, what they're motioning and what they're doing is trying to figure out what the defense is in. Okay. So if you put a if you put a running back, say a Dion or a, say say Tyler Irvin, he starts in the backfield and you motion him out all the way to the right side, and a safety runs with him, you know his man coverage. Right. But if he doesn't, then now nah, if if some if he goes out and motions all the way to the right and the corner just bumps out, you know his zone. So little stuff like that, he has to see at the line of scrimmage and be able to call. disguise that though. They can, they can, but you know what their tendencies are going into the game. Right. So you're preparing okay. for that all week. You know what they're going to do, and most of the time, you're right. Hey, you brought it up earlier in the show how a little bit simpler the offense was in Jacksonville. What was it like coming from there to here as far <laughs> as the complexities of this offense versus that one? It was mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Very serious. It was mind-blowing. I literally had to learn close to 100 formations um, so, you know, the index cards you use for school or for work, sure. I went through a whole deck of index cards just for formations alone. And this is in OTAs, so I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do during the season. <laughs> oh, God. You can't be taking note cards to the game with you, can you? But it's interesting because Kiki, um, I was a slot when I was here, and then Kiki, he's going to be in that slot position. So with all the formations that you have, you have to know where to line up first, and then you have to know what you're doing in that play, but as well as knowing what the defense is in. Are they, are they in zone? Are they in man? Understanding that the shine can point out two guys, hey, if these two are blitzing, you're hot. So just a lot that comes at the line of scrimmage and a lot for me. I was a five, fifth-year veteran at the time. That was a lot for me. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Going into my that next year training camp, I felt a lot more confident in that system. And I felt like I had a good training camp. But for the Kiki, it's going to be interesting. And even Bruce, I think you'll see a different Bruce because last year was his first year in the system. Right. This year, and you see in the preseason, he's a lot more comfortable. He knows what's going on. So I think you'll see a good Bruce. But it's going to be interesting to see how Kiki adjusted that. 
as a rookie. Rookie slot receiver Kiki QT from Texas Tech. That is going to be interesting. Cecil Shorts is with us. All right, tonight is the season finale of Hard Knocks. You were here during Hard Knocks. What was that like with the cameras everywhere? <laughs> they actually were pretty cool. They actually mm-hmm. were pretty good. Did cool. you watch it when it was on? I did not watch it. You didn't when watch it was any on. episodes? I didn't. Um, you were on you were on a few of them. I was on a few episodes, yeah. With Hopkins I, and yep. the man bag and the dog yep. that he wanted. Yeah, you got good memory. I yeah. do, I do, I do. I was entertained by that. And, yeah, I didn't like the man bag thing. I, <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm you like, weren't back then either. Like, no, nah, no, 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 no. No, nah, no, nah, but yeah, I, th- I think Hard Knocks does a good job of, uh, and they'll ask you like, "Hey, are we doing too much? Hey, is it cool if we watch you guys or, or kind of float oh, right do. here?" Oh, yeah, they're they're very kind because um, they know it's a job that we're fighting for, so mm-hmm. it's not just entertainment for right. the fans, but we're actually fighting for our jobs and fighting for you know to to, uh, to provide for our family. So they were very uh, respectful of that. What's different about Hopkins then versus now for you? What have you seen? You got paid. You um, got paid. But he seems like he's more of a leader, doesn't he? I as think, far as like vocally and I think, uh, point things out, I think now he's more mature. Um, what year is this for him? Five, six, five. Oh no, it's um, six. six. 13, 14, 15, 16, yeah. 17, six. 18, six. Six. So he's definitely the leader of the room. I think he's more a little more vocal now. I think he was nervous to know <clears throat> when to say something, when not to say something, because I think the year I came in was the first year without Andre. Yeah. So he never really had to do anything. He was just learning from Andre. And then now he kind of mm-hmm. now he's kind of like the leader of the team, one of the best players of the team, one of the faces of the team. So you definitely see maturity in him. Um, you see his work ethic. I think he works extremely hard. Always works extremely hard in practice. <coughs> and then um, he's bringing along the lung guys. I think he's been a great mentor to Will. He's been there for Will during his tough times because Will always was always making plays when he played. Just, it's tough for a guy when he gets injured because you want to play, you want to do your best. And on top of that, he's a first-round draft pick, and everybody's watching. So with a lot of criticism or, or stuff that people say that can bother him, I think I think Hopkins does a good job of being there for him. So I definitely think maturity is the biggest thing uh, for Hopkins that I've seen. What's going on with the alma mater with Mount Union? Oh, we won our first game, 52 to something. So we were doing they well. They win everything, to 52 start. to something. It's <laughs> <laughs> a 52 to, to something program. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> but I love hearing stories about that because Dom Capers went there, original Texans coach. It was actually his his day. Oh, it was Dom Day? It was Dom Capers' day uh, this past Saturday. Oh, they that's great. Him. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm glad for him. <laughs> Do they still have like 200 players in the whole program? Yeah, so you'll see every year about 90-some-odd freshmen come in. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think people know. So Division Three ball, you don't, you know, there's a varsity and a JV. So a lot of the freshmen come on. We have three JV teams: purple team, black team, white team, because that's our colors: purple, black, and white. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of a lot of goes into it. Who do they like? Who does the third team play? Like the third JV team? Who do they play? Other um, Division they, Three they schools. They find yes, yeah, so they find they find prep schools. They find other Division Three schools, D2 schools. There's whoever you can play. So they find about ten games or ten teams that they can play. And sometimes it's, it's double up. Sometimes you might play a team twice. But they, they find about a 10-game schedule every year. Huh. When did you realize you might get drafted? Um, after my redshirt sophomore year, so my third year in school. That was Pierre's. Pierre Garçon went to my school mm-hmm. when I was two years younger than him. He got drafted by the Colts. And um, his second year, I'm sorry, my redshirt junior year, his second year he kind of took off, had like 700 yards, yeah. was doing well with, with Peyton Manning. Right. I think they went to the Super Bowl that year and lost to the Saints. Right. And um, if you know the NFL is a copycat league, so like, oh, hey, mm. this guy's doing well. Let's go back to where he's, his school is and see who else is doing well. And that happened to be doing extremely well. And uh, 
ever since then, I knew something was going up. When scouts start showing up at a Division three practice, yeah. when agents People start notice. calling out the blue, I'm like, who is this? Who? Yeah. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of you know things about to happen. It was, it was surreal, though. I, I, at Division three school, no scholarship. Yep. You play in front of... 3,000 people, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was surreal. You talk about former teammates. Uh, what about Aaron Colvin? You played with him in Jackson before season, right? I see. Now yep, he's yep, here. Yep, Have yep. you had a chance to catch up with him? What do you, what do you think about him so far and how he's going to beef up the secondary? Um, I talked to him a little bit on Instagram. I haven't hit him up too much. I kind of respect uh, training camp and everything that's yeah. going on. Um, but I think he's going to be a big help. I think he's awesome as a nickel. I think he was kind of overlooked last year because you got the two the two big boys, AJ and, and Jalen, out there. But I think he'll be an awesome help in the slot. He's very intelligent. He fits right in um, to the type of player um, that the rest of the secondary is, which is intelligent guys. So I think he'll be a, a very good asset to the to defensive backfield. Cecil, Cecil, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate the time. Well, thanks and for having me. Have a great me. season. We know we're going to talk to you a lot. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Cecil Shorts the third. Soon to have seven. Yes. <laughs> Joining us on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show and Texans All Access coming up next. We're going to go over all the nuances and some of the obvious things about this Sunday's opener, the Texans and the Patriots in Foxborough. We're at Fuddruckers. This is Texans Radio. Texans.